I'm letting you go. Oh yes, I'm letting you go. Oh, Hermes, don't you know that I'm letting you go? I'm letting, 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 letting you go. I'm calling you in. Oh yes, I'm calling you in. Oh, healthy, you're my cannon. I'm calling you in. I'm calling, 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 letting you in. I'm letting you go. Oh yes, I'm letting you go. Oh pain, don't you know that I'm letting you go? I'm letting, 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 letting you go. I'm letting you in. Oh yes, I'm letting you in. Oh rest, you are my kin, and I'm letting you in. Letting, 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 letting you in. I feed myself to the wolves. I feed myself to the hunter. I keep myself fat so there's more to go around. Who needs napkins when scarfing the feminine down? Let her drip from the chin. The vulnerable parts of the flesh get stuck in the predator's teeth and I moan in pleasure at his release. See, if I'm an endless source of nourishment and resources, he'll never leave. Wait, you like it better when I'm asleep? When I can't fight back? Choking gives you a hard-on? We all like our meat a little less alive. The wolves may feast on my minerals, and in turn, I will absorb their demons. A fair exchange for loyalty. I get called pretty as my bones are breaking. Yes, praise me. Praise me. They shower me in their seed, but they will be so angry if I produce life. See, this body is not about creation. No, this body is a vessel for the voices in the night. The ones they can't quiet with whiskey and fun. This body is here to lay down the subconscious fear when there is nowhere else to run. And I will keep sacrificing for the hunters of the night. I will hold the shadows of the world and I will call it my purpose. And yes, when the wolves' bellies are full, they will leave me here to die. But if I'm lucky to make it to another day, inevitably, the dinner bell will ring once again. And I know I'm not alone.
Welcome to Whore Pod. How many times have we been objects? How many times have we fed ourselves to the wolves? Have you, like me, laid your voluptuous naked body on a silver platter for the hunter's feast, I laid my body down and found all the best places for the garnishes to be. I've been walking on this plane, hoping to be worthy enough for someone to snack on. Someone to swallow me whole. This is Horpod, the galactic parasite edition. You can see this maybe as a part two from Parasite Killer. First started trying to kill the parasites in 2020, or maybe it was 2021 when that episode came out. I haven't re listened to that episode since I published it. So there might be some repeats in here, or this might be a completely new perspective on parasites. As always, I am not a fucking doctor. I actually have zero prerequisites for what I'm about to talk about. I mean, you know, zero established prerequisites. My prerequisites exist in the traveling of the underworld. And that is where I've been since January. And I want to deeply thank you for still fucking being here. And everyone who's been on my Patreon since January, when I haven't even been able to post, holy shit. That support means more than my words can explain. Thank you. And thank you for those of you who sent herbs and medicine and all of the healing and all of the love and those who donated to me this last winter. You were the light in my tunnel and I will forever be grateful to you. And this episode is going to take an energetic snapshot from where I stand, from where I lay, from the puddle in the underworld that I've been floating in. Take what resonates and leave the rest. See, before when I talked about parasites, it was so much of the energy of like, I'm going to fucking kill these parasites. But did I acknowledge that I was in a co-creation with them? No, because there was very much this feeling of being victimized by the parasites in my life, energetic sense, 
and the physical parasites in my body. I felt taken advantage of. But now, as I'm rediscovering the parasites within me, and I've watched them come out of me the last six months, which is a very uncomfortable psychedelic experience. And in that, I learned that I can't just fucking slay them. And I really wanted to be the survivor, to go in to rescue myself and just fucking shank the parasite. Gotcha, bitch. And as I was doing that with that sort of energy, my guides were like, no, 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 you don't have energy to do that. And how can you slay? How can you kill? How can you shank the entity, the energy you, Lacey, chose to be in relationship with? And I was like, what? I didn't choose this. Don't love and light me, guides. This is not what I need right now. I'm sick. I need to be held and these parasites need to die so I can live. And my guides were very clear that, that the parasites do need to die. But in order for the parasites to truly not exist in my physical form or not completely take over my physical form, I have to dance with them. I have to acknowledge. I have to take some responsibility into how they got there in the first place. And parasites only survive in certain frequencies. And one frequency that is deeply encouraging for parasites to thrive and to procreate is the frequency of fear. Fear, loneliness, anxiety, depression. Before I got sick in January, I didn't realize how riddled with fear I was all the time. There was this grinding inside of me of deep, deep fear. And in that fear created a lot of cortisol in my body. And whenever we have more cortisol in our body, it weakens the immune system. And it makes it harder for our lymphatic system to drain. And our lymphatic system is like the sewage system of our body. It's how we release toxins. And parasites thrive in toxicity. They eat heavy metals. They thrive in bodies where there's a lot of mucus, a lot of inflammation. Inflammation is the energy of big, big emotions in our body that we don't want to let out because we are afraid of being big. Um, We're afraid of crying too loud, of saying the wrong thing. And My guides were like, okay, now's the time where you realize like you're in a co-creation with this entity of the parasites, whether you like it or not. And we have lived in a world where if we don't like the relationships we're in, we ghost 
them or we sabotage them or we become so artificial with the person that we just really try to keep it on surface level and we grind our teeth as we fake a smile all the while there's part of us that's like dying inside because we're not being honest and I'm realizing that in my life I haven't really been taught to do in relationships that aren't serving my greater good in relationships that are depleting my nutrients and my first response is I have to survive so I'm going to slay you I'm going to cut you out And the thing about parasites is they can live in you for 30 years. They can grow with you. They integrate in your blood. They get into your brain. So to just kill them, like I was trying to do, is an energy of killing myself because they merge. It was very much about eradication, fucking killing them, standing up for myself, standing in my power standing in my grace and I think that worked for a little bit and slowly over time the parasites procreated and were expanding in my physical body and in January I woke up one morning I woke up fucking terrified and my body no longer worked in that moment in that moment that lasted months and months and months. And I asked my guides, what the fuck is happening to me right now? What am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to do? And I was really, really scared. And my guide said, first, this is about remembering The parasites are connected to the energy of remembering and your magic or your lack of magic in this moment is connected to the energy of remembering. My guides very clearly showed me that all energy walking this plane right now, anything that is alive currently is either a god or a parasite. A god just meaning an autonomous being who's creating their own reality and who's affecting the collective reality. And a parasite is a non-con... Well, I don't know if it's non-conscious. This is where it gets tricky. But a parasite, from what my guide showed me, is not able to create on their own, so they feast off of the, the host. And that the parasites are an energy form that represents the underworld. And parasites have a negative pool that works to keep us tethered to the underworld. A god, the energy of creation, the energy of autonomy, is the energy of liberation, of freedom. Like when we are surrounded by parasites, and this could just be people in our environment or physical parasites, or we have parasites in our body, there's this feeling of our freedom being stripped away because we are no longer just autonomously choosing from the energetic self. There are literal other beings within us who are dictating our reality or co-creating our reality. 
And the parasites feel like a darker energy form and a heavier energy form. It feels very much like there is a parasitic class that is fighting to survive right now and that there is a god-like energy trying to survive. Parasites are the energy of working harder and ignoring your pain. Parasites literally grind down the physical body, suck the energy out of the room, and they literally don't allow you to rest. So a sign of having physical parasites will be grinding your teeth at night. A sign of a lot of parasites is insomnia. They will not fucking let you go to sleep because they wake up at night. They eat at night. They will make you crave sugar before you go to bed. They will make you want to eat all night long to feed them. And they will tell you that it is you who wants that. So my family is very the much of the energy of ignore your feelings, ignore your pain, and grind. And so I feel like part of this is ancestral in my body too. And I think we are moving collectively into a timeline of not having to hustle and to grind anymore. Or at least, you know, I fucking hope. And because grinding creates cortisol, right? Not resting. It's not the energy of blossoming or being in the sun or finding ease. It's the energy of work harder, hustle more, which creates cortisol, which creates inflammation, which creates a breeding ground for the parasites. And the parasite class, the government, the 1%, the matrix, they only can survive is if we as gods continue to grind and continue to live in the programming of the old world that doesn't even exist anymore. So the parasitic class can only work if we are slaves to it. And we are slaves to it because we believe we need them. I was parasitic with these romantic relationships because I believed that I wasn't okay alone. I believed I wasn't pretty enough for someone to like me, so I would eat their demons instead. I would grind down their demons. Some of us are doing this in our job. We go and grind somewhere we hate, and it makes us grind our teeth, and it makes us tired and weak, and we ignore our pain because the parasites tell us, ignore your pain, eat sugar, drink alcohol, keep going you will get rewarded for it. You will get rewarded by the matrix for pushing through your pain. You will be told if you're strong, people will love you. If you're weak, no one will want you. And these are concepts of the world that does not exist anymore. My guides clearly showed me when I got sick. We get a little confused because we talk about an old world and a new world. Whatever happened in 2019 and 2020, that world does not exist anymore. It's gone. But a lot of us are so programmed, me included, that we're still running these programs of being enslaved to the parasite class, which creates parasites in our body. And when we rid ourselves of the energy of having to feed off someone or having them to feed off us to feel loved, when we heal that, We're healing the ripple effect 
of the parasite class in the collective. When the parasites are in your body, they push the host into fight or flight. So you might not even realize you have parasites, but you might feel like you're in fight or flight a lot. Or you might have some like hormonal disruptions, and these can be signs of the parasites. And parasites thrive in toxicity. So I believe that we're being poisoned from the parasite class to create more parasites. If we have more heavy metals, toxins in our food, sugar in our food, the parasites thrive. So fasting, eating cleaner, the actual sunlight, these are all healing modalities for that energy. And there's this quote by Carl Jung. And this quote came to me when I was really struggling with what do I do about the parasites? Because it felt like this energy, like either me or them. And this quote by Carl Jung showed up and the quote is, depression is like a woman in black. If she turns up, don't shoo her away. Invite her in, offer her a seat Treat her like a guest and listen to what she has to say. And Carl Jung is talking about depression in this quote. But when I read it, I was like, oh, parasites. So I'm going to read it again, replacing the word depression with the word parasite. Parasites are like a woman in black. If she turns up, don't shoo her away. Invite her in. Offer a seat. Treat her like a guest and listen to what she has to say. I didn't want to talk to the parasites. They feel like demons, if I'm honest. They feel scary. They feel dark. I feel like what's tethering me to hell, to the underworld, when I'm supposed to be ascending, when I'm supposed to be creating, when I'm supposed to be living my motherfucking best life. They felt and do feel often like the enemy. But I sat with them, and I'm still sitting with them, honestly. But the first time I sat with them, I asked them, what do you have to tell me? What do you have to say? And the first thing the parasite said to me was, Lacey, are you feeding your emotions? Or are you feeling your emotions? And I was like, what? And the parasites made it clear that we can get confused about like what feeling and releasing is and what feeding and looping on emotions are. And parasites actually thrive in the environment if we're looping right? Because looping is stress. Stress is cortisol. And when we create cortisol in the body, we're creating food for the parasites. So then they create their own family within you. And I feel like this parasite was kind of like, you're feeding us by feeding your feelings. You're not releasing your feelings, Lacey. You're expressing them in art. And then you come back and you loop on it. Or you subconsciously create a scenario 
that feeds that. So if I'm, if I'm jealous, right, I don't allow myself to just like feel the jealousy. I think feeling it would be acknowledging it, speaking out loud, journaling about it, writing it down, burning what you wrote, screaming about it, doing somatic body work, um, getting a massage, talking to the jealousy, hearing what the jealousy had to say, going to the root of the jealousy. These are all just examples of how you can like feel it. And I think feeding it would look like telling ourselves a story to affirm the feeling. Like, why is this happening? Why doesn't he love you? Why is he doing this when he didn't do that with you? Why doesn't anyone care about you, Lacey? What's wrong with you? And that's feeding the feeling. That's not, that's not me like listening to that emotion and then expressing and releasing the emotion. And it's something I was doing so subconsciously. I'm like, okay, I'm upset about this. I feel unlovable. So that's another feeling, right? I feel unlovable. A way to feel that would be calling in my inner child, um, being soft with my own body, holding myself, writing a poem, taking an Epsom salt bath, you know, it's like the feeling of unlovable and then like me showing up and nurturing myself. That's a way to feel it and release it. And then oftentimes what I do subconsciously is I feed that shit. I'm like, you are so unlovable and you're unlovable because you don't look good. And you're unlovable because of what your ex-boyfriend said about you two years ago. You're unlovable because your mom died. And even in your mom's death, your family doesn't want to show up for you. They don't want to call you no one cares about you, Lacey. And it's just like, and sometimes these thoughts are like quiet, but they're like looping in the back of my mind. And I don't realize they're fucking feeding that shit. They're feeding the emotion. They're not feeling it. And we can't heal it unless we feel it. And I thought since I was thinking about it and even expressing it sometimes, I mean, I've gone on lots of podcasts and been like, I'm fucking unlovable because my family doesn't love me. I'm unlovable because I haven't had a healthy romantic relationship and I'm at 33. And those are some truths, but those are also part of a story that was feeding the narrative of being unlovable. And every time I would loop on it, there was a sense of grinding in my auric field and grinding down on myself. And when I would grind down on myself and increase the cortisol in my body, it created a level of, I'm not safe. And it created an environment for the parasites to not die, but to thrive. And I was like, holy shit. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, parasites are 
this amazing energy that's coming to teach me something. But at that moment, like it did teach me. And I don't know, I don't know if demons show up as mirrors. I don't know if when we have demons in this life, I don't know if demons can be a gift also, you know, we're so taught about like bad and good, but I was thankful for this lesson. And now it's a, and it's not something that I have mastered. I think I still feed the emotion instead of feel it. But part of my healing is, is feeling and releasing in a new way. Okay, so back to the Carl Jung quote of really sitting down, offering the parasites a seat at the table since, you know, they're already taking all my food. I'm like, why else are you here? What are you doing in my body? How do I get fucking rid of you? And then the parasite responded, invitation. When we've been violated sexually, And when we've been violated physically, there is an energy of no one asked our permission and they came without an invitation. And I believe when we are younger, or this is sort of what my guides and the parasites showed me when I was really sick, that when we are young and people have come towards our body, come in our body, or touched our body inappropriately, it leaves their demons. It leaves their parasites. It leaves the entities that were on them on us. And it creates an energy of of not having boundaries. Like our boundaries were crossed And now we are very confused about what is safe to let in and what do we need to protect ourselves from or not protect ourselves from. One of the worst things about childhood abuse or sexual assault in this life, whether you're a child or not, or any form of abuse really, is it makes us confused about our own reality. And something that I saw in my illness was this fear of not knowing when I was being taken advantage of and not knowing who was abusing me or not. I believe I first got the parasites when I was first sexually abused as a very little one. And my first times being sexually abused, I was so young that I have little to no memory of it. But I believe that's the first time I really got parasites in my system. And I believe in sex, there, and this is part of sex magic, is this ability to absorb other people's demons. And... That is what my guides were showing me in sort of a convoluted way around this energy of permission and invitation is that I got trained 
I believe like this life, the life we're walking right now is sort of a training for our superpowers. I believe we all, if we're God, creator of our own reality, autonomous being, if we are that, we have access to divine superpowers, the ability to levitate, the ability to be telepathic, the ability to move things with our minds. The list goes on and on. And I think trauma, not even just trauma, I think this life is a training of remembering that magic that we have. And in order to remember, we have to forget some of the current programming of the matrix. And I think one of my superpowers that I just learned is a scary superpower, a very strange superpower, one that I don't necessarily recommend to all, or maybe a lot of us are doing it, but I can only speak to myself. But I think as I was being molested as a little one, I was a healer for those molesting me. That feels weird to say out loud. I don't know if I was actually a healer for them, but I feel like that's where I learned to be a healer because it felt like I could see the soul of those people who were sexually abusing me. I could see their highest good and I could see the monster in them and the demons in them. And I don't think it was my choice, but I think the sexual abuse happened so much that I learned to absorb their demons to try to help their soul. And not that I'm some sort of savior, great saint, or any fucking shit like that. It could just be um, psychosis. It could be my own coping mechanism. But reflecting and doing this healing, I'm realizing that they came without permission in my body. They came without an invitation. But in that, I saw their pain, their trauma, their darkness. And even as a very little one, I absorbed it in my body. And I learned I was a witch at a very young age because I could take the evil out of other people and I could hold it. I could suck it through a straw as they were violating me. And then that's also how I learned to read energy, how I learned to go into their body and to see what was happening, to, to have a deeper understanding. What danger am I in exactly? And reading energy and absorbing other people's demons for them felt like self-protection. And as I got older, I told myself that was love. The thing about sexual abuse is when it's happening and it happens consistently in your life, you start to confuse sexual abuse with love. And I didn't live in a house of love. I don't think I had love from my parents or extended family, really. So that sexual abuse, even though it was something really dark, and really violating, 
in order to survive, I had to create the narrative that it was love and that I was providing a service to the predator. And I was conscious of that sort of as I got older, but I didn't realize that that's how I was interacting in all of my sex. And I didn't realize that that was a lot of my relationship dynamic is I'll read your energy for my own protection and to be of service for you. And I'll absorb your demons. Tell me, tell me everything you think is bad about you. Tell me the worst things you've ever done. Let me feel your palm. When I feel someone's palm, I can see in their past timelines. When I touch their heart or the back of their neck, I can feel their grief. I can feel what they've stored, and oftentimes I get visuals of it too. And I did this sometimes as a drunk party trick. And I did this sometimes in exchange for this false sense of love me. Fucking love me. There was a man I was having sex with when I was in my early 20s and he was like gorgeous and he was a poet and he was so cool and he was older than me and I was like 20, maybe 19 and we would perform at the same mics and like he would always wow the crowd and I felt like I was starting to wow the crowd And it was so cool because the poets would hang out on the curb or in the back alley afterwards and people would smoke joints or have 40s and brown paper bags and we'd freestyle outside and oh fuck, it was so beautiful and so healing and I was so scared of sex, (laughs) so scared of my own body, but I, you know, I held myself as the witch the one who could handle and ride the darkness. And he took me home to have sex with him, and I felt like it was such a badge of honor. And I don't think he really honored me, but I don't think he was, like, trying to violate me. It was just sex. Sometimes when people get in my presence, or I was really learning this as a 19-year-old, that men would think that they were just having sex with me, and oftentimes just being in my presence they could feel me really reading their energy and I was doing it as a mechanism of survival mostly and as I was doing that to survive their onion layers would peel back see like reading my energy like reading the energy of the room reading people's personal energy it's a weapon it's a tool It's a tool sometimes, and it's a weapon sometimes, but it's always for my protection, and and I like to think for, like, the greater good of all, but maybe sometimes not. And so his onion layers were, like, peeling back right away, and he straight up told me, like, Lacey, I have demons. I believe I'm possessed sometimes, and I was just like, okay. And I was literally like, he's like, wait, you're not scared? You don't think I'm bad? And I was like, no, give them to me. 
And I don't think this is a bad ability I have to tell people to just like give me their demons. I don't think that's like wrong. I think if I'm balanced, if it's in a setting of permission and invitation and consent on both sides, and this is the biggest part, there's release afterwards and I'm not carrying that in my fucking body forever, then this is a fucking beautiful superpower. But every, everything, every herb can be poison to some and can be medicine to some. Our superpowers can be poison. Our superpowers can be medicine. And poison doesn't just mean bad. Sometimes we need that poison to protect us. Sometimes we need that poison to teach us. There's beauty in the poison. But I remember just ignoring my own fear. Ignoring my own no. Holding space on a magical level is amazing. If your body is consenting. But I think we're taught, especially feminine people and queers, we're taught to override what our body feels and do what's best for others in a moment. Do what's what makes us most likable in a moment. And my body was screaming. As soon as he was like, I'm possessed, it's like, believe him. My body said, believe him. And you're not here to heal all possessions, Lacey. Trust people. There's a lot of quotes that go, believe people when they show you who they are. But Maya Angelou said, yes, it's true to believe people when they show you who you are. But when you get in relationship with someone new, believe them when they tell you who you are. People will self-confess. And we have this thing, especially as like feminine people of being like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll take care of it. I'll mop the floors of your demons. And instead of listening to my body that said, I want to go home. I want to be safe. I want to be nurturing myself. I just like spread my legs open. I spread my womb open to hold this man's demons who I was not in a relationship with, who wasn't even really my friend. But it was programming from sexual abuse when I was young that this is the closest I will get to love is me being a sponge for demons while they release their sexual tension into my physical form. After having sex with him, I just went about my day, I went about my life. I didn't steam my vagina. I didn't use smoke medicine. I didn't do a parasite cleanse after I didn't cleanse my house or my clothes. These are all simple rituals you can do if you do have sex with someone that feels like you took on their energy a little too much. A lot of feminine energy has been taught to do that, to please the men. There's also stories, you know, of times of war where they would send prostitutes out and sex workers out to help mitigate some of the violence that was happening in cities and to help like, yeah, to mitigate or 
were diffused or at ease in peace. And the sex workers were like these hidden heroes that would take on the masculine's rage in their body, the masculine's demons, the masculine's trauma. Um, Working in a strip club, there were a lot of undercover cops. There were a lot of soldiers coming in. Um, There were a lot of men who had jobs that were traumatizing them. And we don't, we don't have a lot of safe avenues for anyone who's been traumatized in the matrix, but especially the masculine who have inherently traumatizing jobs. Um, I think doctors' jobs are traumatizing, police jobs are traumatizing, soldiers traumatizing. And a lot of the release for them, from what I've witnessed, comes through the form of sex. But also just, so I'm saying all that about this energy of absorbing demons because I didn't realize that a lot of my magic was holding the dark timelines for others. And that I hadn't created an equilibrium in my body while doing that. And I ended up in relationships with men who didn't have the emotional intelligence to nurture and to heal their own demons. And I became emotionally addicted in healing those demons for them. And sometimes we confuse emotional addiction for love. I believe I took on parasites from sexual abuse when I was young. Then I believe I transmuted or was working on transmuting that sexual abuse by thinking that all of my sexual interactions had to be me absorbing the demons, parasites of others. And then I correlated that emotional addiction to love and I was only in romantic relationships with men who felt like they needed me to heal their demons, parasites for them. But I'm not just a victim in that. Like part of me was in that situation in the beginning because if they need me to absorb their demons, if they need me to help heal them, if they need me to be their rock, then they're not going to abandon me. Because I'm way less afraid of someone's darkness, demons, old timelines, way less afraid of that than you leaving me. Don't fucking leave me. And that's that emotional addiction, right? So that's where I start being parasitic myself. And honestly, I don't even know if it would feel like love to me if a person wasn't sucking from my resources. Like, I've been in relationships with men where I give them all of my money. I let them live with me for free. I make them food. I take care of them. I worship them. And there are times where I feel so weak and so abused by this. But this was also strategic because if I am a never-ending pot of resources and nourishment and healing again I won't be left 
when we have this emotion of being parasitic, I believe an actual parasite forms in our body. And then if you're having sex in a parasitic dynamic where he's feeding off of you or and you're being emotionally parasitic, then you guys are sort of like exchanging these entities, these dark entities of your trauma. And they're real entities, like they're real physical forms. But I could be wrong, but I'm kind of a believer all is self. It just might not look like it at this dimension, but on some level, everything is a part of ourself. The other part that the the parasites are really showing me is that they've been able to live in my body so long because I'm really good at ignoring my pain. I'm really good at ignoring my physical pain and I'm really good at ignoring emotional pain and I've had this programming that if I'm really strong, you'll love me. If I'm weak, if I'm weak, I'll be annoying and bothersome and vulnerability is weakness. But if I'm strong, you're going to love me. My guides were like, you're ignoring your pain. I've been sick for years. (laughs) This isn't new. I've been sick for years because I'm holding this sickness. I'm holding my ancestral, or I've, I don't want to say currently, like present tense, but I was holding my ancestors' pain, my mother's trauma, my grandmother's trauma on both sides, and then the trauma of every man I've slept with. <laughs> and if I'm honest, I didn't want to let go of that pain. Um, you guys probably listened to the episode temple of timing about my mom dying I realized when she died that I've just been holding her pain in this life and I wanted to keep it in my body I wanted to keep her parasites her entities her traumas in my body because it was the closest thing to being with her and I didn't want to live a life without her I never chose a life without my mother she chose a life without me And that really mentally fucks with me. And in turn, I would keep her by keeping on, holding on to her darkness. And I've done the same with my romantic partnerships at times. And my guide showed me the timeline when I first started to ignore my pain. And it was... When I was little, my mom put me on a basketball team. Very strange, very strange choice. Theater makes sense. Dance makes sense. Basketball? I am a dwarf witch running down a court with a basketball. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And I remember feeling really dumb and feeling really out of place and really not coordinated and just stupid. You know, I didn't like all these people watching me running around. I thought this was dumb as shit. But then someone elbowed me in the face and I caught the rebound from the basket. (laughs) And 
I was so happy I caught the ball because when I caught the ball, everyone screamed, Lacey. And my mom was like, yeah. My mom really liked sports. I, I did not get that gene. And, but I remember her screaming from the sidelines and being really proud of me. And my brother was there and they were like, Lacey. And I, and they were like, run down the court because I had no idea what I was doing. So I dribbled the ball down the court, gushing of blood. Just someone elbowed me in the face before I caught that rebound. And I'm just gushing and gushing. And I remember tasting my blood and then... I made a basket on the other side and I don't know how because I was just full of blood and everyone came rushing to me afterwards and told me how strong I was because I ignored the blood to accomplish the goal. And my family are steel workers. They don't acknowledge their trauma. They don't acknowledge the pain. They don't acknowledge the blood. They work harder and then they work harder, and then they work harder. Parasites are the energy of working harder and ignoring your pain. When I first started like really killing them, I had such a toxic overload because once you kill them, all the toxins that they're made up of spray in your body. So you get like puffier, more inflamed, and they try to stay alive. So when you try to kill the parasite, it took over my consciousness. It took over my mind. And I didn't realize it at first, but it literally, I was hearing from the parasite before it died. And it was telling me these energies that feed the parasite, right? You're not lovable. Nobody wants you. These are all energies that encourage me to be a parasite myself and I realized then, oh my goodness, this is the parasite taking over to try to have control because it knows it's about to die. So it came into my consciousness and was like, nobody loves you, Lacey. You're never going to be able to do anything again. You're a piece of shit. You're going to be left all alone and you're going to be sick forever and I was frantically like, oh my God, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. And I reached out to Rosie and she was like, are you dying or are the parasites dying? And I was like, I don't know. And it felt so scary and so dark. And then I saw the first parasite come out of me. And then I felt totally stable, totally emotionally back to normal. And I was like, oh, fuck okay, okay, I see what's happening. You take over the consciousness in the body to try to survive right before you die. And it kept happening. And as as it continued to happen, I was getting to deeper levels of the parasites dying off and ridding myself of them. And as I got to deeper levels, I noticed that I was really encouraged to be self-sabotaging of myself to do things that would cause harm to myself, not like physical harm, but energetic harm. It like really was encouraging me to like destroy my relationships really fast and just to make really unhealthy choices that I would otherwise not make. And then it was giving me like desire 
for very low frequency predatorial um, masturbation, if I'm just going to be frank. And I, I found myself turned on by what was violating me in previous timelines. And then I realized, oh, fuck, this is the frequency where the parasite was created. So I was getting turned on by my own abuse in a way. Not like my specific abuse, but sort of entertaining the idea of me being. And it's never turned me on before. I know that can be common or, you know, a symptom or a side effect of sexual abuse, but I hadn't really experienced that so blatantly. But then I was like, what is happening to me? Why am I like so horny and turned on by this and I just wanted I wasn't having sex at all like I abstained from a lot of that activity to heal um wasn't going out like my life has really just been focusing on healing and I just wanted like someone to fuck me to pieces and then the parasite came out again and then I did not feel that urge or desire at all and I, my guide showed me that the parasite knew it was dying and it was trying to create the same emotional and energetic frequency in my body right before it died so it could survive. What the fuck? Does that make sense? Like, our bodies are just electricity. Everything is just electricity. And parasites can only survive on a lower frequency in the body. So the parasite was telling me to do one of the most powerful things we can do as creators is sex, is masturbation. And that's why we have to be so careful about who we're fucking. We have to be so careful about porn because parasites can come in through porn. Parasites come in through our sexual interactions Parasites also come in through other frequencies like song, music, movie fights, but it took one of the most powerful things I do, which is masturbation, because in our masturbation, if our imagination, if our consciousness is aligned with our root chakra, we can fucking create new worlds. And it was telling me to create a lower frequency, a lower vibration in my body so it could stay. Oh, and, and even in that, I feel like I'm healing some of this deeper, gunkier sexual trauma through that dark masturbation. I don't think, I don't think the masturbation I was doing was healthy. I think it was very low vibrational and very orchestrated by parasitic energy within me and the literal parasites. But I think being able to observe that process after the masturbation and observe how I was turned on by the predator and really having to be more honest of the ways I've been sexually abused throughout my childhood and adulthood, how it's really so multi-layered. And I think in that, it's been very healing for me. It's hard to abstain from the lower frequencies 
that the parasites are telling you to vibe on. And I can't speak for other people, but if you have a porn addiction, if you have erectile dysfunction, if you have issues in the ovaries, if you have extreme sugar cravings, if you grind your teeth, if you have insomnia, maybe ask your body if there's parasites because it might not actually be the authentic you craving this lower frequency. And only you can decide what is lower frequency for you. And another part that I feel that has been contributing to my parasitic interactions in this life is this idea of unconditional love. I feel like I very much unconditionally love to my detriment, to my own physical safety. I've been in really unhealthy dynamics, really unsafe dynamics, because I thought I was doing the right thing by unconditionally loving. But what I was really doing is I was just acting like a host for that person, for that parasite, for that parasitic relationship. But I was always taught to like, give my enemies love, give my ex-partners love. And then my guides were like, bitch, this is why you have parasites. Because you're still being a host for them, even when you're not in physical proximity to them. Your love to them is over. You don't have to keep feeding them. As a host, we become addicted to the parasite too. We become addicted to feeding the parasite. And I've been addicted to feeding my parasites without realizing it. And so now when I think of the person, I don't send them love. and I don't send them hate. I redirect my thoughts. I redirect my energy. Oh, instead of sending them love, I'm going to send my body love. I'm going to stretch right now. I'm going to lay in the sun. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to read. I'm going to do something. I'm going to meditate. Another thing I learned through this parasite process um, from Rosie, she was like, okay, Lacey, every time something leaves, every time a parasite dies, because literally so I was seeing so many parasites come out of me. And she's like, every time that happens, there's a little bit of a hole in you. Every time we lose a relationship or a job or we move somewhere, it creates space when in us or a hole or a void, depending on how we see it or the story we give it. But Rosie was like, you have to be very clear of the energy you're putting in as that energy is going out. Because oftentimes we'll leave one toxic relationship and then feel really scared or sick because we feel that void of that toxic relationship. We're like, oh no, there's a hole in me. What am I going to put there? And then we often just end up filling it with toxicity again without realizing it. So it was really, and I think I might have been doing that at first. And I was really thankful for Rosie to call me in, not call me out. There's the energy with our friends where we don't call them out, but we can call them in, you know, in a more nurturing way. And she called me in and she was like, okay, you got to be clear of what 
your intentions are and what you're inviting into these holes, what are you going to replace the parasites with? It's just being observant that there's a void there. And when I have big grief, I rush to sex or I rush to substances to try to fill it, you know, fast. But it's cool when we can sit with it and ask it what it wants. And what, and when I say it, it's like the empty space within you that was created. Quote by Anne Rand showed up, and I thought this was interesting. And the quote is, to say I love you, one must first know how to say I. Meaning of the I is independent and self-sufficient. A person who exists only for the sake of his loved one is not an independent entity but a spiritual parasite. The love of a parasite is worth nothing. Now I realize like a spiritual parasite's love is worth nothing because they're just eating from me. And I'm, and my love to them is probably not worth much because I'm just giving myself away for free. And where is the love in that? So, As I'm understanding the co-creation with these parasites, as I'm understanding and learning from the dance of the trauma with the parasites, I'm learning to be loved in a deeper way. And as the parasites come out of my body, the parasitic energetic connections in my life disappear as well. And it's a gift. Both are a gift. And in this time of healing, in this time of being sick, in this time of gaining my health again, gaining my strength, but also acknowledging my pain, I'm learning real love. I'm learning real love that isn't parasitic. As the parasites are leaving my body, well, I used to like cry about being like, I felt so ugly that I didn't want anyone to touch me. And I was repulsed by my own body. And I like being an adult and having sex with men. A lot of men are like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. You know, the nice ones would say that. And my only response or like my knee jerk reaction was I'm a monster. I'm a monster. I feel monstrous. And I've spent the majority of my life like feeling that I look like a monster And I know that's trauma, and I know that's abuse, and I know that's physical violence. But as the parasites were leaving my body, and granted, this has been a journey since January, and as the parasites were leaving my body, I slowly started to realize that I feel sexy. I feel more beautiful, which I guess makes sense, right? Like, worms not that hot, but I feel beautiful in ways. 
and nothing about my appearance has actually changed. Oh, I don't feel monstrous anymore because I'm releasing the monsters. The parasites are the monsters. They're monsters in their own entity, but they're monsters in the energy that I was holding, right? Each parasite. When my guides told me the parasites were about remembering, each parasite was remembering parts of my trauma. Sexual trauma, physical trauma, my mom's trauma, you know, ancestral trauma. And as I release them, I release those demons. I release those monsters. In turn, I don't feel like I look like a monster anymore. We no longer have to serve ourselves on a silver platter. We each deserve love just by existing. I'm letting you go. Oh, yes, I'm letting you go. Oh, Hermes, don't you know that I'm letting you go? I'm letting, 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 letting you go. I'm calling you in. Oh, yes, I'm calling you in. Oh, help, you're my cannon. I'm calling you in. I'm calling, 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 letting you in. I'm letting you go. Oh, yes, I'm letting you go. Oh, pain, don't you know that I'm letting you go? I'm letting, 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 letting you go. I'm letting you in. Oh, yes, I'm letting you in. Oh, rest, you are my kid, and I'm letting you in. Letting, 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 letting you in.